Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 13th episode of Animalators, curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have Chris Kelly. Chris is a founder and creative director at his studio, Odd Fellows, with offices in San Francisco and Portland. Chris, along with his team, have put together an incredible portfolio with animated work for clients like Twitter, Nest, Salesforce, and Google. Today, we'll get into Chris's origins in design, talk about the challenges of starting up your own studio, and Chris's experience switching gears from a maker to a manager. All this coming up on this week's episode of Animators. Well, Chris Kelly, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm uh, excited to be on and kind of humbled. It's part of, it's, I'm part of good company, so it's... It's nice to uh, nice to chat with you. Yeah, for sure. I have um, loved everything that you guys have put out since your start of Odd Fellows in what 2012 ish. Um, uh-huh. I still even it amazed like I go back on your Vimeo right now and like the the very first videos you guys did like still I think about them all the time. So uh, just kudos to you guys. I love. Love your team. Love what you guys put out. Um, but we'll get into the whole Odd Fellows thing in a bit. But first, I would I would love to start and just kind of hear a little bit about your story and kind of your your origins in the uh, creative industry. Where did you start? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in a small little town of Western Pennsylvania. I think I had always known growing up that I'd do something creative, and I wasn't exactly sure what that would be or where I where I would end up. Um, but I think looking back now, it kind of makes sense. Makes sense what happened a little bit. But um, I went to school, ended up going to school in Baltimore, Maryland, at a school called MICA. Um, it was, you know, a small, like 1,200, 1200 kid art school, very sort of like fine art focused. Um, and when I first first started, I was sort of doing the graphic design program because I can remember my mom saying like, "Hey, look, you." You can draw pretty good, but you know, you should uh, you should think about what you're going to do after school. And look here, all these kids that that study graphic design, they're starting salaries like sixty thousand dollars a year. Isn't that amazing? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So there was a little pressure, but not too much uh, from from my parents to kind of like maybe think about sort of the the pragmatic side of of the arts and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, which that's, is smart. That's nice, though. I mean, at least it's not like you should be a lawyer or a doctor or something that you didn't want right. to do. So right. Yeah. No, they, they're totally cool about it um that's awesome and, and very supportive so so that's good um yeah and, and so i started out doing graphic design I, I listened to my folks and i thought i'd give it a shot and see how it goes and, and i did that for a couple semesters um and it was great until we got to the point where, where we started to have to like print things out and cut things out and be very exact <laughs> and use rulers and and uh, i don't know i just wanted to kind of like let's just keep it in the computer you know that's fine that's fine with me it looks looks great on the screen i don't have to worry about buying a printer and all the collateral that kind of comes with that comes with that side of things. Sure. Um, yeah. And so I switched to general fine arts and just where I could do take some of the graphic design courses I wanted to do, but also just draw, just draw and have fun. Um, and it was during that sort of last two years of school I got into video, and we didn't have that many that many courses in video. There was uh, like video one, video two, and then a class called video special effects, and that was the class where you like learned After Effects and and it was not so much animation, but like how to how to light a really nice green screen or uh, <laughs> yeah. you know basic super basic VFX keying and and all that. Um, just a little bit of stop motion. But that's when I kind of realized like oh, wait a minute I kind of like to draw and I kind of like to make videos and 
and I was you know, relatively musical, so I could kind of, so it was kind of like a space to put all those things together. And um, yeah, and just make little, make little like animated films, and and that was a lot of fun. So so about the time was start to think about a job. That's where my head was at, and um, ended up getting an internship at an advertising agency in San Francisco, who was at the time was just starting like a little teeny motion design, uh, media arts they called it department. Oh wow! So were you doing motion design right out of the gate after school, or kind of during well, school? I guess I. I, I I kind of put together a little reel, which I like is super embarrassing, and <laughs> and I don't know, you know, exactly why what they saw in this because it was half like sort of half like animation ish stuff, and then half mockumentary documentary, like the the kind of videos you might make with your buddies on over the weekend that are just you know they're fun, funny but kind of pointless. Um, but apparently there was something, you know, some, something something <laughs> worth looking at. <laughs> So yeah, so I went out for a summer internship, and um, it was it was really cool. I, I, like I, I think that my creative director was teaching me basically everything that he could about After Effects, so that I could kind of hang out for the summer and had things to do. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Because I went, I you know I didn't know what masks were, I didn't know what I knew what keyframes were, and that was applying some effects. So that was kind of about it. So I learned a lot during that, and the following summer after school, they were looking for help, um, and they were sort of like growing a little bit in that department, and. Yeah, that was sort of like my first job out of school. Is going back to the agency was Goodby Silverstein and Partners, and working in their in their motion department. Very cool. So, what was the work like then at the studio or at the agency? Uh huh. It was um, a lot of a lot of internal stuff, like kind of getting a lot of pitch work. So every time a, a prospective client would come in that we were pitching for, anywhere from like twenty to one hundred people in the agency would would form this team, and everybody was just kind of like working on the pitch and. Um, which is a really nice energy, and 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 how we sort of fit into that system was a lot of uh, design sprints and let's animate the logo. So they have a you know a logo animation that we can kind of tag on the end of these these anthem videos that they put together to to help sell sell the idea. And, and um, so it's very much like internal ideation, concepting, and all that and that kind of stuff. And which was great for a little while. Yeah. Do you feel and like then you, that was a pretty good learning period for you in that environment? Yeah, I think we I think we learned a lot. And looking back now, kind of knowing how an, an agency works, you know, on the inside a little bit, I think has helped us when we've when we've gone to pitch and and certainly established or you know made a lot of friends and connections that we've continued to collaborate with since you know opening up our own, our own shop. Yeah, for sure. That experience sounds great. Um, so you stayed at the agency for a few years, right? And then mm-hmm. um, what was kind of the next step? Yeah, we were at the agency for three years, I think, three or three and a half years, something like that. Um, and then next, um, we were sort of getting to the point where, you know, we had been working on all these these like logo animations and internal projects and and pitching. And we were at the point where we're like, oh, we want to make kind of make our own thing and and um and see a project through start to finish because we've been you know, we'd start development on a project and it would get sent out a house to a, a big studio in New York or LA and then and then it would kind of be gone and we would see it on TV. Oh, you know, that's a bummer. <laughs> two months later. Yeah. Like, yeah, we we kinda of, we kinda of worked on that. Um Yeah, and so I think the, the there was one project that we did right at the end of our time, it could be Silverstein and Partners, uh and it was for the Adobe, I don't know if you remember the Adobe cut and paste challenge. It was they those two like Adobe teamed up with the cut and paste and they were having this little competition. Oh, for cool. Photoshop. Yeah. 
yeah, I was like, make a 15 second animation and um, put it up and like your peers will kind of like vote on it. And then I don't know if there was a prize. I can't remember. I think it was just, it'll get shown somewhere um, or put on the website. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, let's do it. This, this sounds great. So um, we made this little piece and it was just so satisfying to like work. You know, we, we went into Chinatown and um, in California, around, yeah, near California street and, and got all this weird stuff, weird fish heads and just little <laughs> creepy creepy squid things and made this little sort of like half after effects half stop motion animation cool yeah and put it out there and it was i think it was like this project is the reason that like i signed up for vimeo to to kind of like put it out into the world and that sort of that sort of process of like you know concepting thing making a thing putting it out into the world and receiving kind of like some sort of some sort of uh nice feedback it's like oh this is this is what it could be like all the time. Yeah. You know? It's addicting. It's like the beginning yeah. right there. Yeah. It kind of felt like the beginning. And at the same time that, that we made this, like right afterwards, um, the creative director uh, of the department was like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting my own studio. Um, and maybe you guys could kind of come help, come help get it up and running. And so three of us, um, that worked on that, that little stop motion piece called the experiment went, um, went with with Randy the creative director and to help start a studio called Autofuss. Very cool. Yeah, so so what I don't know what was that transition like? You you're at an agency work and now all of a sudden you're in this this brand new environment, I'm guessing a small team. Um yeah, I mean I guess that would be be quite the transition. Yeah, it was I mean it was a little bit of a transition, but I think there was there was a lot of excitement yeah. that you know, we were making helping to make a studio, we we're going to, you know, went in with aspirations of making all this great work and we kind of believed in the team that 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 uh was put together and like okay this is gonna be great you know it was a lot of friends um you know half of the team was um came from could be and then the other half of the team came from uh, a production studio in san francisco and these two sort of forces of like creative and production like came together to create autofuss and with the intent of making like this really weird kind of like experimental uh work was it like focused entirely on animation or was there uh, live action involved? It was always a little bit of both. And, and at the beginning, I think more, more live ac- or uh, more animation and motion graphics than, than live action. It would be kind of like an animated spot that, that we would use some of the technology. Like the thing that should be mentioned about Autofuss is that one of the partners, Jeff Linnell, was like super into robots. He had an engineering background. And <laughs> oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. <laughs> They had all these toys that they'd want to get involved in, like every project that they could that it made sense for. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so, going to lie; I'm a little, little jealous. I want some robots, but it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool to have robots around. They're pretty, pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so it was weird. Like half the time we were on the computer making, you know, traditional motion graphics animation or doing compositing, and then the other half of the time you'd be down with like a kind of this weird, look like a big graphing. What do they call it? Graphing calculators yeah. uh, from back in the day tethered to like a, an industrial robot and you're like kind of punching in numbers to tell the robot where to go and then putting in like a little algorithm in between those two points to like, to show how it would like, you know, basically doing eases on the, on the, uh, yeah, very cool on the robot. So it was a weird, it was a weird mix of things. Yeah. That sounds very interesting. It's almost like, uh, have you seen bot and dollies stuff that they did with G monk? Uh, uh-huh. oh my gosh. Yeah. Is it, is it kind of like that? It's exactly like that. In fact, that's um, that's funny. Bot and doll, like so, Autofuss at the point where like the robot thing really started to take off, split into half, split in, split into parts, and 
you know, that kept the creative like animation stuff and then opened up a second sort of like sister studio in the same building called Bot and Dolly. No way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, that's insane, man. I love that so much. It blew me away. And then they did that out, that Audi, uh, commercial, like kind of came out of that. Anybody mm-hmm. listening should go check both of those out. Uh, just look up yeah. Google Bot and Dolly Vimeo or something. I will put it in the show link and stuff, but, um, yeah, just super next level stuff. Really, really cool. Definitely some definitely next level stuff. And it was like kind of right after we had just Colin and myself had just left to go freelance. And that's like right about the time when Bradley came in and, and really kind of, I don't know the, the stuff they started making after he showed up was, was definitely some next level, some next level thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long did you end up staying there? Cause obviously you started odd fellows. Um, what kind of, uh, led to that? Yeah, we'd been there I, again. It's like three years. I must get like a kind of like three year itch. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> on to the next thing. I think it was like started in two thousand eight and left in an early two thousand and eleven. Okay. And um, you've made it past the, the tech- three years li- three year itch on Oddfellows, though. So I think you're the, in the clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just about there, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it was for me. They were moving into more of this production stuff and uh, robots, and, and it was really interesting. Um, but I know I was always like, an, just an, I want to animate stuff, and less of that was happening, and it was more kind of like little bits of animation that would kind of uh, be incorporated into these things that they're making with with all this technology. And I, I don't know. At, at the time, I just wanted to, I wanted to animate, and that was it, and kind of be be the best animator I could be. And there just wasn't enough opportunity for that specific thing at the time. Mm. Um, had I known that G Monk was going to kind of come in there and change the face <laughs> of everything, maybe, maybe, maybe stay a little bit longer. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Um, but then you wouldn't have Oddfellows today, which is right. Come on, equally exactly. as awesome. So, so, yes. so it worked out just fine. Worked yes. out just fine. So as you were kind of realizing that you know Oddfellows was moving in in maybe a different direction, you know, you wanted to stick with with animation. What kind of uh, led you to start Oddfellows? I mean, uh, there was certainly, I'm sure, the option to maybe go freelance. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of led you to start your own studio? I mean, that, that's a big step. I mean, that's a big commitment. I, I'm, I don't know. I think it's kind of scary. Um, I don't know. What were you kind of feeling at that time? Yeah, it was a little scary. I didn't know what to do. I think um, I didn't really know what to do or what I wanted to do other than I just I knew I wanted to animate, and I didn't know if that was going to like start our own thing at the time or just freelance for a little bit. So I kind of needed just like a down period, hmm. just kind of like reassess and reevaluate um, where I was and what I was doing and, and what was kind of like the next thing. And, and so during that time, I freelanced for a little bit. Um, Colin was freelancing for a little bit. Uh, we were getting together here and there to, to work on projects. And, um, and so people like don't know, uh, Colin is your, your current business partner, correct? Yeah. Colin is like the other creative half of Oddfellows. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, we both went freelance, and I went back. I went back to the agency because I just wanted some downtime. Just think, just figure it out. And Colin was freelancing around um, around the city, and he winded up at the agency at some point again. You know, we we're both in and out, kind of back and forth at the agency. And more and more, we were talking about like, oh man, we're just not happy with the work we're making at different shops. And I wasn't super thrilled with all the things that you know we were making in advertising and. We just kind of felt like uh, maybe you know we're doing the side projects every once in a while. What if we did it? Like what if we did it all the time? You know, and then and more and more we just kind of did more projects together more often, and slowly but surely something that felt more real, you know, kind of started to happen. 
So at the time, were you kind of like working from home? Were you guys collaborating like in a shared space or anything at that point? Yeah, it was kind of weird and, and a little bit hard to manage. Like half the time we would be, we'd work in the evenings on projects. Other times it would be uh, working, we'd work in the agency and kind of like a rent a desk space out and they would let us um, just kind of work there on our own stuff, cool, um, yeah. which is really, yeah, super nice. Um, but because we were both still freelancing, we, we hadn't, it was like hard to make that switch from like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to start a studio. That's what we're going to focus on. There's not going to be any more freelancing. And Sure, yeah, it's not, not quite that clean cut. It wasn't clean cut. And so there'd be a time where like, okay, a project's coming in the door. This is going to be really sweet. We should, you know, we should drop everything and try to make it. And I'd be like, well, I kind of, you know, I've got a commitment at this. I'm booked until such and such date and yeah. I can't leave. And so a lot of that were like, oh, a lot of passing on projects and, and, um, Eventually, we just had to kind of say, like, okay, this, we're going we're gonna to do it and, and make it a real thing. Wow, that's awesome. So beginning, it's just you and Colin. Um, man, I, I have so many questions because I'm, I'm very interested. I found myself in a, in a very similar situation. Um, so how, how many people, I'm curious, how many people is Oddfellows at now? Because I know you guys just launched uh, a new kind of branch, if you will, in Portland mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with... If you go back a few episodes, uh, you can hear Jordan Scott is on uh, the Portland team, and we we talked a little bit about that there. Um, but yeah, how how big is the crew right now? The crew right now is about I think we're eleven. Ah, 11. man, that's incredible. Uh, how many? What what's the split? Do you, is it pretty even? San Francisco and Portland. Portland is very new. I, I mean, by the time this is out, it would be will be will be officially in the office when the doors open and everything. Cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. The idea is it'll be about the same, you know, in San Francisco. Um, Colin will lead the San Francisco team. He's, he's going to stay in San Francisco. We're going to keep that office open, and um, we'll have like three animators there. And then in Portland, I'm going to Portland with my wife Erica, who also produces for Oddfellows. Uh, TJ, our executive producer, is going to Portland, and then you know Jordan and Jake Quersh will be in Portland. Yes, very and, nice. And Kayvon. Wow. Yeah, so there's two of you just starting a studio. Um, where did you guys go from there? Did you kind of always dream that it would be like let's let's grow this team, or was it just kind of like well, let's let's figure it out as we go? Uh, was there like a game plan right there at the beginning? The first year was very kind of loose and very fluid. We didn't we didn't really. I mean, we didn't have any idea what we were doing. Business stuff was not a thing that we. You know, that side of the business was not. Um, it was not something we had really thought about or very, you know, we had no expertise in. You know, we started the company with on LegalZoom. We're like, okay, let's just get, uh, <laughs> let's get uh, an LLC started. So it's yes. kind of official. That's where, that's where Identity Visual started. LegalZoom.com, yeah. man. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know what we do without it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think for me, the thing that really made me go for it is like we're talking about you know, we were get, getting together uh, time to time on projects, and I was having a baby. We were having our first child. My wife and I oh, were wow. having our first child. Big and that's a big it, transition it, period in your uh, life, man. That's crazy. <laughs> a lot was kind of happening all at once. Yeah, you're having a baby and starting your company. Like, what what is going through your head right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we were kind of <laughs> a lot was going on. It was it was uh, a lot. We were balancing a lot of things and. We were excited to start start something, but hesitant, and we knew we had to like make the jump at some point. Um, and I think the thing that did it was 
uh, you know, we're, get, we're getting ready to have a baby. We had this sort of nesting instinct to like make the house nice and make sure there's food around and make the crib and decorate the room. And my wife got so into that and was just doing it that I didn't have a whole lot of that to do. And not, I don't know that I would do much of that anyways, but um, I was like, okay, well, I have all this, you know, this sort of like fidgety pent up energy. I'll like, I'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll make a company. I'll focus there. And I think it was like the month before Harper was born. Uh, as when we really started to like, okay, this is it. We're going for it. All of us were, all of us were in. Ah, that's awesome. And still a cra- crazy risk. Just like, I don't know that, that, that seems like a bit frightening, but I guess, I mean, at that, at that point, I guess the difference between studio and freelance work, I mean, there's only two of you at this point. I feel like, I don't know, at least, at least for me, it became super real once we hired our first like full-time employee. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. like, you know, like Sam and I are business partners. Like, you know, if we can't make like, you know, our paychecks a month, like it's not a huge <laughs> deal, but it's like, man, as soon as you get that first full-time employee, it's like, oh man, this is real. Like we gotta like, <laughs> we gotta make money. Like these people are depending on us. Like this person's family, like they're not going to eat if we don't do this right. So like, <laughs> I, I don't know, like how long before you guys kind of hired on your first, your first crew member, your team member? It was a little while. I think it was almost, almost a full year maybe. And I should back up to say really quickly that yeah, sure. And before we, you know, at the time that me and Colin were thinking about doing this, we were sort of reaching out to like some other people that we had been working with. Cool. Um, and we had been at the agency, TJ Kearney was producing and he, um, he was also keen on doing something doing something new and different and um, some things were up in the air for him and he was just, you know, thinking about what the next thing was. And so he was also kind of getting involved in producing sort of like um, some of our first projects. Very cool. So that was pretty quick there. So you guys kind of three, three partners at this point, three partners. And my, you know, again, my wife was, she's a producer. It was oh, an interactive yeah, yeah. producer. And wow. so she was sort of, she's helping too. So we had like, we started to feel like, okay, we can do it. We've got some support yeah. on sort of like the logistics side That's fantastic. and people that can, yeah, help with process and just uh, producers are so crucial. Yeah, no, <laughs> for like, sure. It should have been step one, but <laughs> yeah. it took us <laughs> it took us a little while to get there. Um, so, so kind of tell me a little bit about so present day Odd Fellows. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, would you say that you guys kind of have a, a, a philosophy? I mean, I, I love all your work. It, it, I feel like it, it fits together so well. But, but you guys have. I mean, at the beginning, I feel like you guys have had fantastic kind of three D pieces. Now there's a lot of. Um, cell animation and, and a lot of fantastic 2D animation characters like you guys are kind of all over the place and it's it's wonderful um, I don't know do you, would you say that you guys kind of like a little bit of philosophy behind uh, what Oddfellows is yeah I think you know when we started we certainly we weren't you know part of um, part of making that really great work at like Autofuss and Bot and Dolly was putting in like you know enormous amounts of time and effort and sure and I think we wanted to like find a little bit of work life balance. And, and so that was a big part of it. Like, <laughs> like you don't have to like always be at work. You can, you know, yeah, how, you can do some stuff. How is, how is that going? That, let, let's talk about that. Cause that's, I mean, you're, you're a co-founder of a company, you are a creative director and um, I mean, I'm sure you, you still animate and that's a lot. Do you find that that's yeah. still hard? What, what has it, has it been hard since the start? Yeah, it's been hard at the start. I think especially at the beginning when we were we were animating more, we were like really involved in projects, sort of start to finish. We were designing them and 
and animating them and you know seeing the whole thing through and a, a lot I mean a lot's changed since then I'd say Colin and I probably animate like 15 to 20 percent of the time now so it's or, you know oh, there's wow. projects we don't there's projects we don't animate on at all yeah just because there's there's enough things happening at one time that it just be kind of comes impossible for sure to, to like to like do it all um and I think for me like in terms of creative direction I don't know if you experience this but when you're really invested in like um, animating on the shot and um, I'm really, you know, just diving into the keyframes and you're, you're in so deep that it's hard to kind of like step back and see like the whole project. Mm. Yeah. At least for me it is. And um, so I think we were sort of like starting to feel that as a team, like, okay, we're doing, you know, we have enough work coming in that we can, we can outsource and get some help and yeah. start to collaborate um, with more partners. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that is a very interesting subject i guess at least at least for me um because mm -hmm. man i love animating i love yes <laughs> i love like executing i love getting my hands like in a project in particular and like i i don't know that that's a really tough thing because like at some point you had to transition from like you're creating every day you're spending tons of time making mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're managing and, and that's a super different skill set it's it's I don't know. I, I find it really challenging and it's, and it's definitely a learned skill. Um, I don't know. I guess this is a big, uh, I don't know. This is a big thing. Like, I guess, so first question, do you miss it? Do you miss like, you know, 80% of your day being animating? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, animating and, and I think that's why I'm like, I still try to do the nine squares and the, uh, sure. yeah. uh, you know, the Yule log, like doing these projects on the side that kind of get out some of that energy that I have. Um, yeah, I totally miss it. I think um, I do, and I, I don't know how. I guess I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know how to grow the company, but be be so involved and still be yeah. able to. Yeah, and, and still be so involved um, in the work that's being made. You know, hands on. Um, I think if we we're, you know, if we wanted to stay really small, and, and it was just me and Colin, and we we're kind of like a director's duo, and maybe we bring on some just like additional animation support, and we're focusing on, you know, one two projects at a time. Like I think then. Then it becomes like very, very possible, um, but yeah, just the, the the way things are now, it's it's just uh, we. There was a moment where we're just like, okay, like projects are suffering. Um, we're suffering because we're working, we're spending all day doing the emails and the interfacing with clients, and then and then <laughs> going to, to like all the things, yeah, <laughs> and then go make it, um, and then it's time. By the time you're done making it, it's time to get back on the phone, and and so yeah, it was just too much, and. It, and that's where we thought, like, okay, we need to like introduce some some more process to how we're to how we're making this stuff. Just kind of step back and and think about it. Yeah. So as as creative director, like, what does that role mean to you? Because I, I feel like there's a lot of people with the title creative director, and I feel like it it can mean a huge, you know, array of things. Uh, so what, you know, from beginning beginning to end of a video, like, what does that mean for you to be a creative director? Um, what does it mean? What does it all mean? I think <laughs> <laughs> the vision, at least the initial vision, you know, we, we obviously we deal with the clients and sort of like the intake of a job. Well, one of us, Colin or myself, will talk with TJ and sort of brainstorm. Um, you know, a brief comes in, we sort of talk about it, and then we get on the phone with the client and you do a bunch of research and ask questions and try to learn and see what, how can we, you know, how can we help? How can we, you know, what, what's, what's the problem that, that you need to solve and sort of it's like all the setup at the beginning it's just basically research and trying to get to know your client and sort of see like okay this is how we can help 
this is this is a I think this is a great idea, or at least a a start of an idea to sort of go down. And then that at that point, that's when we sort of like think about building the team and who's right and and get, yeah, getting everybody's heads together to kind of move forward with the project. And at that point, I don't I don't have the ego or like I don't need for my vision at the beginning to be what comes out at the end like exactly at all. I think it can divert very much along the way. I think as long as we're solving conceptually like the same problem, I think sure. I like to be really flexible about about what, you know, goes in and comes out. Yeah. So, I don't know, even just like logistically, like how do you like mm-hmm. where where does that change happen? Because obviously, like part of the I think great benefits of working with a team is is using everybody to you know where they're best and and also combining right. kind of all these fantastic ideas in, into one thing. Um, I don't know how do you, how do you bring that all together? Because I think that's a really challenging thing. That is that's a tricky question. I'm not sure. I think a lot of it is um, we plan for as much as we can, and then there are other things that just sort of like happen and they're magic and, <laughs> and they surprise you. I think. Um, you know, the, I should say, like the beginning of when we first started, a lot. Uh, the idea was that we wanted to make this work. That we wanted to make this work in San Francisco. That looked like the stuff that was coming out of New York and LA and some of the bigger cities. Sure. Yeah. And and so that was like a, that was a goal. That was like sort of step one. This is what we want to do. And the way to do that, we thought, was like, well, let's. You know, we've got friends in New York and LA. Let's you know that we've talked to on Vimeo and Twitter throughout the years and stuff. And we've always like thrown out the idea, like, hey, maybe we'll work together one day and. And and so that was like our first step was to reach out to people who we thought were more talented than us that that would bring something new. You know, we sort of we knew what we were good at. There's a lot of self awareness, and then you sort of outsource the things that you know you need help with. Yeah, that's fun. Um, I like that. And so that was a way for our work in San Francisco to start to feel. I don't know. We were working with talent that just just wasn't around uh, locally. You know, it's just not. It wasn't there. So we had to we had to kind of reach reach out. So you're working with people in LA, you're working with people in New York, you're, you're trying to grow, you're trying to make better work. Um, I don't know, I, but the, I think there's also something to be said about having people like close by, having people in, in the studio. Um, we both have had the pleasure of working with Alan Lassiter, um, mm-hmm. who is Nashville local, and I love it. I love having him in the studio. Um, but then something we had to learn was like, oh, Alan's super talented. He gets booked all the time, which is great. Um, but we sometimes have a ton of work and we have to hire out to people all over the world. And there are challenges with that. Um, I don't know. How long did you guys kind of work remotely with people? And, and what was that experience like? We worked remotely for quite a while. I mean, maybe a year and a half and, and almost up until when we started really – starting to build the internal team which was just the end of the end of last year oh, um, wow. okay yeah so it's kind of recent that you know we're starting to bring people in house and it, you're right it's challenging it's Gosh, that, um that I makes think, me feel better about my my own company because <laughs> man yeah th- that's a that's such a challenging thing so you're you're kind of at a place you're working remotely um at what point did you kind of think like you know what would it be like to kind of build this core internal team yeah i, mean, I think it's something we knew We've known for a while that we need to do, and, and it's, it's been like a little bit of a challenge to get people to come to San Francisco, I think. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but smaller cities, people like, well, yeah, we could come work for you at San Francisco, and you know, I could freelance with you, but then, well, you know, where do I go if you get, when you guys don't need me? You know, mm-hmm. there's not a ton of other, yeah. ton of other studios that people are really excited to work, work for. So um, where, where do I go? And we've heard 
to add a bunch. And so that's challenging. Um, one of the things that's sort of like from the business side that's a, was an important consideration is that if you're using a whole freelance staff, you know, your rates are going to be more expensive. Yeah. And, and, you know, your budgets don't go as far. And so that was a big consideration. Another thing was that, yeah, we were working kind of around the clock because we have people in different time zones. So that was, uh, yeah. that was another sort of thing that wasn't, that's not ideal. Um, and then there was the thing that maybe the worst thing of all is kind of like the surprise where, <laughs> <laughs> where no matter, no matter how like talented a designer is or how, how like on the same page you are when you're chatting, there's always this, this moment right before you open the email <laughs> to see like what they've sent you. Yeah. Um, like, just please be good. You're just like, come uh, on. Yeah. I know yeah. you guys can do it. I know it's going to be great, but it's not, I mean, Sometimes I just didn't maybe didn't communicate the right thing. You know, oh, there's all yeah. kinds of things that can that can happen. For so sure. I think trying to alleviate some of that extra, you know, it's a lot of time being spent, a lot of extra stress. Or like maybe just if we just had them, we had everybody around and made a big family. Like, wouldn't that be? Isn't that just the ideal thing? You know? Oh, for sure. And I, and I think another element of that too is just like the learning of it all. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I learn so much from the people I sit next to, and like when. And, and it's fun to like, kind of like, oh, like, did you know about this little trick? And you, and you don't get all that from working for, with somebody in a, in a different city. Um, so, right. And I, and I think that's so fun. Yeah, I think that's important. I think, um, and, and just for your team to like, so in 2001, was that, it was in January or February of 2013, I think is when we hired, we finally hired our first employee, um, Stan, who's amazing, super talented, um, 2D cell animator. Um, he's great. And he was kind of the first first person we brought in um he was like our first employee it was, so that was uh really exciting and so but then it's just us and stan <laughs> yeah. in a room you know, yeah. you know and we feel bad that like we're half the time we'll, we'll go take a phone call or you know, creative call or whatever and get briefed by the client and then it's like poor, poor stan is poor just sitting stan. alone in the room <laughs> 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 which is so it's awful and, and we might have freelancers in you know and we or we might not um just depending on how much stuff is going on so mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of reasons to build a team and it was just a matter of kind of finding the right people, the people that we really got along with. We don't, we don't have any interest in just having the most talented guys in the room just for the sake of having the most talented guy. Like it's not just talent. You got to have people that you're on the same page with that you respect that you could go get a beer with after work or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. And so I think that's part of the reason why it took us a little longer to commit to a team just because we had to, we were just waiting for the right people. For sure. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, I don't know just collaboration in general. As far as I mean, we already talked a little bit about about building a team, and and I don't know. There's a lot of challenges there, um, but yeah, I don't know. What what are the advantages you see of kind of working with more people and getting more people in on a project? Well, I think it's just kind of like you can spread out the work. You can get diversity of styles. You can kind of like feed off of each other. You know, a lot of times we'll have somebody who's like really sweet at characters and they're like working on the characters and somebody else is working on the environments. And if the person had to do both, like it would just, it's just too much for one person to handle. And, and maybe it's not even appropriate to have the same, you know, sure. you want to kind of blend things. And yeah. so I think different, you know, it's just different perspectives. And I think, you know, every project, the more eyes on a project, the better, I think. So this is a little bit of a, a throwback to something you were talking about a little bit earlier I'm I'm curious. Do you guys um, do you guys pitch for projects? I, I know that kind of in with your agency background, you spent a lot of time doing pitches. Um, is that something that you guys have decided to do? Um, is that something you guys do often at Oddfellows? We don't. No, we don't really do it that often. And I don't. 
I, I think a lot of the work that's coming out of the Bay Area for us has been kind of direct to client, which is great. And so yeah, I'd say, cool. yeah, I, I think that's the way. To, uh, that's our that's our favorite way to do it. I think um, just for communication, and, and it's it's perfect. I, I'd say maybe eighty percent direct to client and twenty percent pitching. You know, every once okay. in a while we pitch yeah. and. Um, Very cool. Yeah, and I think we've only had a few like full-on pitches. Other times, it's just like, "Hey, could you just give us a little bit of a proposal and show us kind of where your where your head's at?" And usually, that's that's enough to kind of see if we're on the same page, see if it's a good match. Yeah, that is wonderful. So, I'm curious. Tell me a little bit about what you guys see as the vision for the future for Odd Fellows. Yeah, um, I know it's an exciting time. You know, we're opening up Portland, yeah, and, and later in the spring, I think the doors will open. Yeah, we're just waiting for some renovation to happen in the space. Um, yeah, we're excited about getting that team up and running. I think, um, I think you know, the nice thing about Portland, the the thing that Portland kind of gives us is, um, you know, we start to think about we we've always started to think about work life balance um, with with our artists and with ourselves. You know, and, and myself and TG are getting to the point where we're like, oh, like maybe a little bit more of a family-friendly city, like uh, cost of living's a little better. Um, production, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that production costs would be, thinking from the business side, production costs. There's a couple, you know, there's, new, there's clients up there we'd love to work with. Uh, Colin TJ was kind of outdoorsy, and so we know there's a big market for, you know, outdoor companies and Nike and all kinds of, all kinds of cool people to work with. So I don't know. I think Portland for us solved a lot of, problems or kind of, you know just has a lot of opportunity so we're excited about portland um very cool yeah i'm curious why why the move to kind of split up locations you know stay why not move the whole thing in portland or why not just you know keep the whole team in san francisco well i mean so so many of our, our clients are san francisco like you know the technology companies and stuff um and so i think it's important to have you know, it's important to have an office in San Francisco just to kind of be right there, um, yeah. so they can so clients can pop in and out. And very and, cool. Uh, yeah, you're just local, and um, yeah, yeah. So, like, what kind of um, work do you kind of guys seeing the future of kind of Odd Fellows to be kind of gravitating towards? Do you have any specific kind of direction? Yeah, I know. For a long time, we've kind of been going through this routine of 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 doing a lot of technology video you know tech company sort of explainer which is i think it's kind of a dirty word but like a lot of explainer videos sure. a lot of instructionals and uh yeah you and, and, and but then even i don't know like your new salesforce video that you guys just mm -hmm. put out and then your stuff for twitter like those definitely aren't um i don't know explainery or that that sort of thing like i don't know those, those turn out so fantastic I love oh, thank those. You. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe they're not quite explainers, but in, we do a lot of technology-focused work, and and we've we started. We did a few two D projects with characters, and and um, and then the ask from clients since then has been like, yeah, maybe some <laughs> maybe some two D videos with characters. And we <laughs> yeah. love doing that work. I think like for the longest time we had wanted to be able to do that work, but neither Colin or myself are character animators, mm. and Stan is just like a, you know, a brilliant character animator. There's Stan again. Way to go, Stan. So we are working on a, um, a piece, like it's a, an internal project for the studio. That's kind of what we're, we've been working on the design sort of half of it for the past year. And we're finally diving wow. into animation this week. The past um, so year? That's, that's quite the commitment. That's, that's a long Well, <laughs> it's like two weeks here, sure. a week, you know, yeah. they're kind of spread out, yeah, spread yeah. out. So it's not, otherwise that would be, that be amazing yeah yeah, <laughs> Just yeah to be able to spend that much time <laughs> no, so, so um, any any like spoiler details that you can you can give us like it's a narrative 
Yeah, I think I think we want to do more of that work. Like the reason yeah. we started Oddfellows in the first place was to, you know, with art create opportunity and kind of give back a little bit. And we've been doing a lot of projects for a lot of great companies that we're excited about. But we also want to. We're not seeing nonprofits come to us as much, or people who, who maybe have like less money. Sure. And I think I think people see like. Google on your site and Twitter on your site and maybe like a little nervous to kind of reach out because they think like, oh, you know, just my budget doesn't make sense. So in an effort to kind of to like work towards that a little bit and also make something for ourselves, we're you know, working on this piece called June Bugs, which is like an animated poems, a narrative cool. um, sort of adaptation of a poem. Um, oh, man, I'm excited. I can't wait to see yeah. it. Yeah, we're excited. We're just like animating now. It's so nice to see everything kind of moving after it's just been storyboards for for so long. Very cool. So, is, is it just for you guys internally, or is it for a specific nonprofit client? No, it's just for us. It's just very for cool. us, and yeah, very nice. We don't get to do that very often, so it's exciting. Yeah. So, is it like a full kind of team effort at the? I mean, I guess you've been working on it for a while, so. Yeah. Right now, you know, everybody's kind of everybody's kind of invested in that, and I think we you know we have a couple projects. Um, that just ended, and so there's this nice little lull where um, we can ramp up on this. And and yeah, I think we have Stan, Stan's working on it, Nada, who's an amazing cell uh, artist. Um, I think it's going to be really nice. Chris Anderson, uh, it's a nice little team, and, and uh, it should be done maybe about the time this podcast comes out. Very cool. Cross, cross our fingers, so that'd yeah. be exciting. Well, if it's out, we'll put a, we'll put a link in the show notes. So Sweet. everybody keep your eyes open. We're, we're all very, <laughs> very excited. Um, so you're you're kind of making this transition, um, as kind of we were talking about with from artist to manager, and obviously there's a mm-hmm. bit of you know there's there's an art to managing, and there's there's a lot of managing that goes on in being an artist. So that they're certainly um, you know intertwined in in many different ways. But but there's a lot mm-hmm. of challenges when when you're shifting away from the making. I think and. Because one, you have to communicate, which is a whole, like, one, you have to communicate with other artists, which, come on, like, that's pretty difficult. And you, like, I don't know, when when you are making this stuff, like, I feel like sometimes that's just a lot easier because it's, right, you just, like, you see it in your head and it's just like, I'm just going to do this. But, but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're working with other people, you're managing other people, and you have to now tell them, like, you know, this has to be this way. And I feel like that's really difficult. Um, so how did that transition go for you and, and what were those challenges that you kind of had to overcome? Yeah. I mean, I think communication is a, is huge. And, and the, the big thing was like, okay, in my head, I know exactly how it should be and, and how do I get that out? And how does that, and I think each artist has their own sensibilities and their own things that they're going to bring to, um, each project. And I, and, and for me, I, n- I never want to like impose too, too much. I, I think like, I'm just there to plant a seed and I like to see what happens. And then after it grows for a little bit, that's when you start to like check in and maybe redirect and like prop it up and, and, and see and give input. I, I like to be kind of like the leader that lets people do their thing and, uh, and not, yeah, just not being too imposing. Um, yeah, well, it's a tough balance. I feel like it's a tough balance for me. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you want to you want to be happy with the project, and you have yeah. you know, if you have a vision, you're like, oh, I, I just wanted to do this one thing, it's just not quite right. Like, how do we get there? Um, that's a, I don't know, it's a tricky thing to do, and 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 some artists are super easy to communicate with, and others, you know, they're not so much, and that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Everybody's different. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I think that's that that's something that like I'm still 
I think it's still learning. I don't know. I've only been doing it for three years now, or so, you know, at most. So yeah, it's kind of like a new, that's all new. Yeah. Do you feel like you were, I don't know, did that feel pretty natural to you, that, that shift? Yeah, I think, I think most of it was like I knew I had to do it. And so you just kind of like, <laughs> you just figure just it out, to, right? <laughs> I just figure it out. Yeah. And I'll just keep trying different things and, and certain things work and certain things don't work. Do you feel like um, you're like, do you feel like your personality was, was right for that? Like, did you feel like there was any challenges? Uh, yeah, I, I, I felt like, I think by nature, I'm like kind of introverted. Like a lot of artists are introverted and, yeah. and, and I like, you know, I was talking to you as, Hey, that's a big deal. You know, talking, getting up and we're starting to get asked to do talks and, and things like that. And it's like, Whoa, you know, <laughs> public really speaking. you want to listen? So you guys want to listen to this? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Public speaking. Exactly. And so I, I, I don't know, this is sort of different, but one of the things that has, has always helped me, I think throughout my career as, as an artist is to sort of use the power of the internet. Like I've always been, pretty social on the internet not so much in real life and but by using social media and emailing back and forth with people and spending some time in forums and the vimeo comments and whatever you start to build like context for the conversation that you're going to have in the future and i think i don't know i think i think that's like a useful thing um for people to take with them like build context it'll be easy for you to have the conversations that you have down the road you know you're starting to build a relationship and then I think that you start to gain a, a trust with people quicker, whether it's a client or an artist or whoever, just sort of finding common ground and then things tend to work out from there. Yeah. Interesting. What are some ways that you build that context? Is it through just email or Twitter or Facebook or something? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like the internet has broken down all the barriers, right? Like now I feel like if, if I wanted to email Kyle Cooper and ask him a question, maybe, you know, I could, maybe, I don't know. And maybe he would get back to me, but I think like the option to do so is there. And so, yeah, I don't know. We get emails from from students and and as sort of aspiring artists and things all the time. And I don't. Know, I think for me, it's like really important to email uh, all those people back as many as we can. You know, yeah. we try to try to respond to. So wait, did you email Kyle Cooper? No. Oh. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, like, I don't. I need he's just like the first Kyle guy Cooper. that popped in my. That guy's awesome. <laughs> Maybe he'll be on animal animalators. Yeah, he'll be the next guy. Yeah, I recommend Kyle Cooper. You should have him on. You know, I I, um, I will try now. <laughs> I have to do it for Chris. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that's one of the sort of like the, the power. A lot of people don't like to self-promote, and, and that's fine. You don't have to do that. But I think social media is a way to kind of build – it's just building relationships, right, with people. And I don't know. We've gotten work that way. We've – you know, a lot of the people that um, – I think – it was like 2000, uh, I don't know, whenever Jordan left Digital Kitchen, he like sent us a note saying like, hey, I'm leaving, uh, leaving Seattle, and what's it like in San Francisco? You know, I'm just kind of curious, because he knew that we were doing work in San Francisco, and, and we've kind of kept in touch ever since, and, and you know, now he's, you know, a full, full-time member of our team. So I think a lot of things have kind of worked out that way. I think the same with Jake Quersha, like he, I put out a reel in 2011, I think he said something nice, and ever since, you know, we kind of like... I've been kind of buddy buddy back and forth yeah, on the internet. internet and I think friends. there's a, internet, internet friends, friends are the best. Right? Yeah, I want to be friends with friends. all the internet people. So one one thing that I love to ask, kind of everybody who comes on, what mm-hmm. right now would you say that you are learning? What am I learning? I think managing for sure is one. I think being a business owner, you have to think in a different way. That's you know very foreign to me, and 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 probably to Colin too. Like, okay, we got to start to think about money and just wow. that whole side of 
that whole side, right? Yeah, and cash flow. That that's a real and cash thing. flow. <laughs> and PNL and I don't know all kinds of accounting sort of things. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of practical, practical bits to making art. Um, For sure. Full time commercial art. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think even in a sense, like small studios, even a freelancer, like. There's a business part to all that. I don't know. Do you have any tips for budding business owners out there or even just freelancers? Oh, that's a good one. I don't know that I'm qualified to give any <laughs> advice on this. <laughs> I mean, we've been relatively successful, so I'm sure that we're doing something. I'm sure we're doing something right. But I'm um, just not sure which parts are the, the right things. <laughs> no, I'm being, I'm being overly modest, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think early on, and I, and I think it's a, a big, sometimes a big pill to swallow, is thinking about your lawyer, think about your your accountant, um, think about a business coach. Like I've, I don't know how many, I've talked to two or three different, you know, business people just to kind of like get an outside perspective on how yeah. we can take what we do as artists and, 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 you know, just, I don't know when That's as you go into business. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't, I think like outsourcing those things and, and not thinking like you have to do everything, right? Like kind of being self-aware and knowing like, I'm really good at animating. I'm a good designer. I'm a good conceptual thinker, you know, and, and, and I can learn these other things, but it doesn't mean I should try to do everything all at once. You just spread yourself too thin. So, so I think like outsource those things and, and I don't know, talk to people. Yeah. This is a big one. You don't have to answer this or not, but okay. um, I don't know. I feel like part of one owning a business and being an artist, there is a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't know, like scary things, like a lot of, like fear involved, I think, in a lot of those things, because I think it takes a lot of courage to be an artist and be a, and be a business person, because there's a lot of unknowns, there's a lot of things out of your control. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, what do you have any kind of big fears? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, there's the fear of there's the first fear of just like letting go, right? And we're like, okay, I'm not going to make this stuff anymore, and I'm going to trust mm-hmm. in the people we've surrounded ourselves with to, yeah. to make it great. There's like the imposter imposter complex fear, like, okay, now that I'm not doing anything, quote unquote, you know, now that I'm not, you know, hands on, what am I doing? I hope I'm, am I needed, right? And and I think that runs through your mind. Um, I think there's I, there's a lot of things. I think those are kind of like two big ones that that have, you know, still still in the back of my mind, kind of float around every once in a while. Yeah, no, I feel I feel both of those things for sure. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing. That's sure. No, I, I get that. And yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's fine. I mean, I think it's important to kind of just be, I don't know, transparent and a little bit open to, I, you know, I was listening to some, there's a book called Presence and I was listening to the audiobook the other day and it talks a lot about um, sort of letting go of all these like internal like fears and struggles so that you can be present in whatever moment you like are in and, mm. and focused. And yeah, that's good. And I think it talks a lot about, it was talking a lot about that, like kind of, if you're, th- you know, 60% of people think or have thought that, you know, they're like a, they're like a fraud, right? And it just <laughs> seems like so dramatic and crazy yeah. that that many people that are worried about that, like super successful people sit around thinking like, ah, oh, I don't know, I'm not that good, but you're doing something right because <laughs> you're successful and, yeah. What, what do you enjoy most about Oddfellows and being a creative director and, and making stuff for a living? Uh, I do. I do love making stuff. That's awesome. That 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 scratches like the creative itch. I think the other thing that's sort of like on the business side or manager side that excites me is, and maybe a thing that scares a lot of other people, that doesn't scare me so much is that if I could, I'd hire like everybody in the world. Um, 
like as many people as possible. I just think there's there's something really exciting about like building your own thing and yeah, uh, bringing people together and kind of making teams and um, I don't know. I, I know that's like you know your first your first the first hire. Okay, that's that's a little nervous because now you're now you're committed to like hiring people and um, but I don't know. I think maybe it's like being a dad or something. You just want to like you want to make a family and uh, yeah and uh, I don't know. See everybody do good. Make yeah. make good stuff. Bring people together. Make some good stuff. Well, that's awesome. Well, I, I wish you guys the best of luck. I love everything you guys have going on there. Well, we 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 try to end every episode with the same few questions. Uh, so the first one is, who is your dream client? Yeah, I don't know that I have a like a dream client, but I think I think what really gets me excited is when a client comes to us and says, "Hey, look, we totally trust you. We know you'll do. You know, we know you'll make it great." Yeah, um, that's so fun. Yeah, you just feel like immediately you feel empowered and excited to kind of move forward and and um and help them out. Yeah. Uh what is your favorite animated film? Uh animated film. This one gets me into trouble because I when I was 3 or 4 years ago before we had The Boys, um I would always tell people like I don't like, you know, I don't like pic- you know Pixar movies, man. I just don't like them. Like, <laughs> everybody just turned the podcast off. <laughs> but <laughs> like, no. This Chris guy doesn't know what this he's guy. talking about. This guy is no good. Um, but I, I've always, I, um, where am I going with this? Um, they always seem so happy and I like a, just a little bit of tragedy and some darkness. I know that some uh, of them have, you know, up, have that, but I just want, up I just want to cry with that. Like wonderful. Yes. Yes. Moment. That, that is my favorite Pixar film. So yeah. And if it ended after the first seven minutes, I'd be like, <laughs> boom, <laughs> that would be the perfect <laughs> Pixar film for you. That was, yeah. But I think, to, to like I don't know to name a specific film, uh, one of the things that came to mind right away was the I don't know if you remember like the Disney Tall Tales series with like Paul Bunyan and um, oh. John Henry. I don't know if you're like from the uh, late fifties, maybe 58 or something. Very cool. I have not seen that, but I will check it out. But they're, you know, like beautiful backgrounds uh, by Ivan Durrell and uh, what's the other guy's name? Walt Paraguay. They did just super nice, like the way they treated trees and logs and stuff. Uh, it was just gorgeous. And then just to kind of like on that negative note, on the, like the, the film of tragedy, and I think maybe the film that um, in a way made me think differently about what animation could be was a film called Balance. Uh, it was from like 89, I think is when it came out. And by these two German, like t- German twin brothers. Um, and it's this film about five guys out on a platform kind of like floating in space just teetering back and forth on this platform and every time they'd move every time one would move the other guys would have to move to kind of like keep keep maintaining balance hmm. and then they all pull out these fishing poles and pull up a, a box onto the uh onto the platform and that just kind of like changes everything and i don't want i, I don't want to give away the ending but yeah no i want to check that out that sounds amazing it's yeah it's really nice so what do your kids think that dad does all day. <laughs> One of them's only three months old, so I don't. He doesn't. Yeah, he he doesn't even know what's going on. He just likes milk, and as long as there's milk, <laughs> you know, he's, he's happy. happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, the Harper, my three-year-old, he says I make animation cartoons, which is pretty. He's yeah. pretty savvy. Kind of oh, like, yeah. kind of gets it. Animation cartoons. That's what he thinks I do. <laughs> all right. Last question: What animal did you choose, and why? I decided to go with the turkey. Oh, all right. The, the, the turkey tom. Yeah, the male turkey, I, I don't know, I think it's just a, re, it's kind of a ridiculous animal. And yeah. it goes back to maybe like speaking a little bit about int, being an introvert and like 
thinking about confidence and stuff. And the male turkey is just ridiculous looking. But uh, <laughs> where, we, where we live in California, like when I drive to work, there's this gaggle of turkeys that are always walking around. And it's this really crazy, you know, the male turkey looks like, like if he took testicles and tar and feathered him and he's just like walking up and down the street. But behind him is just like, just a posse of hens. They're <laughs> just like totally happy to just walk right behind him, totally trust this guy. And so I think uh, in terms of confidence, the, the, the turkey Tom is uh, it's somebody I look up to. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> well, Chris Kelly, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Animalators is part of the Gradient Podcast Network and created in collaboration between Identity Visuals and Gradient. To learn more about the work we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out identityvisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. And don't forget to go check out the brand new, just-launched website from Gradient, gradient.is. You can also find them on Facebook or follow them on Twitter at gradient.is. That's gradient, D-O-T-I-S. And you can follow us on Twitter at Animalators. Animalators.com is another great website you should check out because there you can see Chris's Animalator and all the other incredible Animalators from previous guests who have been on our podcast. The theme music to the show was written and produced by Cody Fry. Check out more of his work at CodyFry.com. And don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play, YouTube, really anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to be back in a couple of weeks for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. <laughs>